I love that immediately there was a roar in the room and I heard laughing. I hope it was good laughing, but it was good. But hey, I'm, I'm so excited to be here today. My name is Brandon. I'm the student minister uh, here. I work with our 6th through 12th graders and I've been here a little under about nine months now and I'm just excited to be here. Y'all are awesome. I hope you know that and I hope you know that like it's a big deal that we come together on Sunday morning and I love our lobby space. Like I love our services and what we do for programming, but I love in between time when I see people talking and having coffee together and, and hugging and having conversation and laughing like that's what we come together for. And so I hope that this little moment of en- encouragement doesn't just stay this moment this one time, but that we can continually look for moments to, to encourage each other and just to love each other and to point out stuff to each other and just that kind of thing. So um, that really has nothing to do with my message, but it's just something I wanted to throw in today. But one of the things I want to tell you guys about, so I'm the youngest of four kids. I, I might have shared that before, but if I haven't, I'm the youngest. I'm not even just like the youngest, like I happen to be like a couple of years younger. Like I'm the oops baby, okay? I was the oops baby. My siblings were 17, 15, and 13 when I was born. Same parents, oops, right? That was me. And because of that, I've been a spoiled brat my whole life, okay? I have been, I've been a spoiled brat my whole life. I had my parents who loved me so much. And then I had three siblings who, like, by the time I'm hitting adolescence or a kid, like, I've got these other three doting siblings who just loved me. And I always joke around, but I'm clearly the favorite. And none of them are here today to argue with me. But but I'm the favorite. And, And I don't know about you, but I love a ranking system. Right? We love, I love lists. I don't know if you, but me and my buddies, my inner circle of friends, we constantly get together and make lists. Like, okay, who is your top five favorite basketball players from 1995? Or who, what, what are the top 10 movies made in the 80s? Or what is this? Or like we constantly live in this world of ranking. And they, this world of lists, I love lists. Like, well, what's the, what's the top 100 movies? What's the top 100 football players? What's this? What's this list? Who's number one? Who's better than who? And, and, and we have these debates. I don't know if this is hitting you at all, or maybe it's just me and my weird friends. But we continuously have a who's better than who debate about this. Well, is so-and-so the better athlete, or is so-and-so the better business person, or is so-and-so this or whatever it is, we live in a world where there's a constant ranking system. Does that make sense? Everybody agree with that? Everybody wake spring break? Okay. Like there's, there's this ranking system. There's, there's lists of who's the best, who's number one, who's number two. And we constantly have a debate and we think that our opinion is better than, than, than somebody else's opinion. And I think that doesn't just happen with like media and sports and different things. I think down maybe in areas of our life that we don't want to admit, we do that with other people in our life. That's hard. That's hard for me to say that, but we do that with other people in our life. And here's what I mean by that. Here's what I mean by that. Um, Go ahead. There's going to be a a lineup here that I want to throw you in. It's going to be a fill in the blank. Go ahead and throw that on the screen. All right? 
is this, is saying, okay, maybe as I've, as I've become a little bit older and I've become a little bit wiser, this is for all of us, this isn't just a Fairdale thing, this is like a worldwide thing. It's like, okay, I know I'm not the best at this, but I know I'm better than this person. And fill in the blank, this is tough, right? It's like, okay, well, I know that I haven't, my, my life isn't perfect and I haven't done all the right things, but I've got friends in high school, right? Friends when I was in high school, oh, if you compare me to theirs, like, I don't, I'm not that to be the best, but I, but I for sure am better than my friends in high school. Or this one hits more, a little more humble. Like, well, I know I'm not the best parent, or I know I'm not the best grandparent, but I'm for sure a better parent than fill in the blank. And whether we like to admit it or not, we have these conversations in our head. We have these conversations out and about. And maybe, and this even comes down to where it applies to our relationship with Jesus. And I, and I have students, I have students in the past that ask me, or they talk to me, or I have people in church come to me as a staff member. I've heard other friends who have so many people come up, and they make statements like, "Well, man, if I if I could be as good of a Christian as you, it's like what? Never make us as your staff members your goal in life. Make Jesus your goal in life." Because we will fail you. We are humans. We will fail you. Leaders of the church, we will fail you. But Jesus won't fail you. But like so many times, like, well, I'm not as good of a Christian as this person, but I'm a way better Christian than this person. Or, you know, I don't cuss as much as this person, but whew, you go to like a family member's house, I cuss way more than they do. Or they cuss way more than they do, Right? We do that all the time. We live in this constant world of comparison. And on an unhealthy level, and maybe not as fun, there's these constant things in the world that are telling you how you should be, how you should look, what you should wear, what you should drive, how tall you should be, how skinny you should be, the clothes you wear, all these different things, or all these things pushing and telling us how we should be and where we rank and what we do. And this wasn't different now in our generation. It's not like we have any different. It was this way in the Bible. And there's these two brothers I want to talk about today. Their names are James and John. And what's awesome is James and John were called by Jesus to be some of his core disciples. They were his tw two of the 12 disciples. And the story of how they came to know Jesus is amazing. They were out doing their work. They were just doing their thing. And Jesus asked them to be part of it. And their faith story is incredible. But here's what happens. And don't miss this. Here's what happens. Is they start doing the things of Jesus. And here's what I know. When you start doing the things that God has called you to do, you will see success in the sense of other people will know about Jesus. You will find the place that God wants you to be and you will see success because you will see God working in those moments and you will point people towards Jesus and you will see what God has called you to do and there's going to be some incredible things that you get to witness. But here's what Satan wants. He wants the ranking system. He wants you to start to believe your own media. He wants you to start to believe your own press. And here's what happens. James and John... People start saying, man, these guys preach and they do this and these guys are so awesome. They are, this is what the Bible says, the sons of thunder. The sons of thunder. They get their own nickname. The other disciples, the other disciples, you know, there's 10 more disciples. 
They don't got nicknames, right? We're the sons of thunder. We might be the best. We're not, we're not Jesus, but we're, we're, we're the top two, right? Like we're, we're easily, we, we have our own nickname. We have our own brand. We've owned this. And they slowly move from these two faithful guys who just want to follow Jesus. And here's what happens. Here's what happens in the story today. Is Jesus is telling them what's going to happen. He's saying, I'm getting ready to go to a cross. I'm going to be whipped. I'm going to be beaten. And I'm going to do this. And here's why. And he keeps telling his disciples over and over, hey, this is coming. Just so you know, this is coming. He says, I'm going to be delivered. I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be spit on. And um, after three days, though, I'll rise again. He's telling them this. And he's being super vulnerable. And he's got his disciples together. And he's laying it out. And here's what James and John say. This is literally what the Bible says here. Mark chapter 10. We're going through the book of Mark. Brandon's been walking you through the book of Mark. Mark chapter 10, verse 35. Jesus just lays it out, this somber moment where he's telling him, hey, I'm getting ready to go through the most agonizing pain in the whole world. I'm getting ready to die for the sins of mankind. I'm going to be going through all this stuff just so you're aware. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder, came over and spoke to him. Uh, yeah, Jesus, uh, teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. Awesome. Right? Like, awesome. Jesus is just telling them the plan about how he's going to go through this misery and that kind of thing. And their first response is, yeah, Jesus, I, yeah, 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 I know that stuff. Can, can you do me a favor? Can, can you do me a solid? And here's what they ask. What is your request? Yes, they replied, when you sit on your glorious throne... We want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. James and John weren't getting it, were they? See, even back then, there was a ranking system. There was a list. In their minds, they say, okay, okay, Jesus, I, I know we've been doing awesome things, and I don't know if you heard, we got the Sons of Thunder routine going on, right? Can, can, when we get to heaven someday, other translate other other books of the Bible. This is this is even this makes it so much better. This gets it into like daytime talk show stuff. Their mom comes and asks Jesus. It wasn't even James and John. It was their mom. Their mom says, "Hey Jesus, my son, sons of thunder. I'm proud of them. She got her sons of thunder T-shirt on. Doesn't say that, okay, but she got her sons of thunder brand on. You know, she's. Are they going to be at your right and your left?" Because they're, they're the best, right? Like, I know the other disciples are doing their thing. and blah, 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 blah. But like, Jesus, come on. Sons of thunder, sons of Zebedee. Like, they're going to be on your right and your left. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh, yes, they replied. We are able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first, there's the ranking system, first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, 
but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Do you ever read stories of Jesus? And it's just like, that, that, yeah, okay, but that's not what I want. Like, Jesus is never quite what we want. He never says the things that we want him to say. He never gives us the response that, that we're hoping to get. He never does those different things. Sorry about my microphone, everybody. I keep slipping off. It's my fault. But he never responds how we want him to respond. He never does the things we want him to do. Like, like James and John, like they wanted him to respond. Oh, yeah, you guys are the best. If there's a 1 through 12, you guys are number 1. And number 2, you'll be at my right and you'll be at my left. And they can pat themselves on the back for how good Christians they are, for how good disciples they are. But then Jesus hits them with this. He says, in order to be number one, you've got to be the least. Well, that's not how it works. You're not, if you're the best basketball player, you're not the worst basketball player, right? Well, if you're the best business person, then you're not the worst business person. So how does that work? Jesus said, if you want to be number one, if you want to be the best, if you want to follow me, if you want to do what I say to do, then you have to put yourself below others. Here's our problem. We have these things called egos. And our ego tells us how we're supposed to be. And our ego tells us how we're supposed to live. Our ego wants to have a voice in our life. Our ego tells us our talents. Our ego tells us how good of parents we are. Our ego tells us how good of businessmen and women we are. Our ego continually is trying to vie for our attention and tell us that we're above others, right? Our ego tells us that we're better than other people. Our ego does all these different things. And here's what happens. We continue to feed that ego. We put people in our life that continue to feed those egos. We do all these things and our egos continually get fed. But here's what I want you to know, and it's going to be on the screen for you to read. You cannot feed your ego and feed your faith. You can't do it. You can't continually, well, you know, I can, I can have some of both. No, you can't. Here's, and here's what I mean by this, and please hear my heart on this. If you and I continually feed into the things of this world and make ourselves look like this world, then what is the point of having faith in a most high God? There's not. And what happens is we continue to feed and feed and feed. You guys ever been to a like a park, like a national park, where they always say, don't feed the animals, right? Because then the animals will start coming into town. They'll start finding it. They'll start coming back for that food. Your ego is the same way. If you feed it, it's going to grow, and it's going to keep returning, and it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it will start to focus and put all our hope and our faith and our own stuff and what we do and how good we are and where we rank on the list and where we are with people and if we're the favorite or we're not the favorite or whatever it is we'll continue to feed that ego and feed that ego and the more our ego gets big the less our faith gets here my challenge for you all myself included let's start feeding our faith let's start making our faith more paramount than what we do in this world Let's start making our faith the thing that we feed day in and day out and invest in our faith and what's happening and what God wants to do in our lives. So what I love when I see this is Jesus is never what we want, but Jesus is always what we need. He is, and that's hard. That's a hard thing to think about, but in the Bible, and here's the thing. We love 
we love Savior Jesus. I always think that's my favorite Jesus, right? Jesus comes in, he forgives my sins, he wipes my past away, he takes all the bad things I've done, he does this, he sets me on a course, and it's awesome. We don't love Lord Jesus, because Lord Jesus asks us to do things that are hard. I always want to go back to Savior Jesus. Like, oh, like Jesus, I want that moment where you forgive me, and you love me, and do all that stuff. I don't really want you to ask me to live a life of faith, Right? Because living a life of faith can be hard. Living a life of faith is doing things you're uncomfortable with. Living a life of faith means you have to put your ego aside and the things you want from this world and start consulting God and what God wants of this world. But here's what's awesome. Here's the hope that we have today. There was hope for James and John, and there's hope for you and I. James and John finally get it. And James and John started preaching the word of Jesus so strongly and people starting to know Jesus so much that both of them end up being cast away or died because they gave their life and started realizing what it was all about. Now, I'm not saying, hey, accept Jesus in your life and you're going to die. But what I'm saying is accept Jesus into your life and you'll finally understand what your true calling is. Because here's what I know. There's one thing that I truly believe that I understand about Jesus and what I see from Scripture and what I see in the lives is every person in this room is uniquely created to do amazing things for God. Do not miss that. If you are someone here today and you don't believe that, I want to put that into you and I want my word of encouragement to you. You are created in the image of God. You are who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing and God wants to do an amazing work in you. Not to be in a ranking system, not to believe your own press, not to do things, not to lord over other people like Jesus says, but God wants to do amazing stuff in your life. You are beautiful. You are created. You are beloved. You are all these things, so please believe that and start to see how God sees you, not how this world sees you. Start to believe it, people. When we start to believe it, we start to understand that it's not about my own ranking system and where I fall on the list. <clears throat> it's not about how people perceive me. It's not about expectations that the world puts on me. It's how does God see me. And it's not about where I rank. It's where he ranks. And when he is number one, then our life is full and our Ego starts to die down and our faith starts to go up because we know that even when it's so hard and even when it's so tough, we can trust that we serve a good God and he created me and wants to do amazing things. James and John finally got this. And because of that, they gave their lives, making sure people understood about how much God loves them and what he wanted to do in their life. So here's my bottom line for y'all on the screen there. More of Jesus, less of me. More of Jesus, less of me. When you find yourself in situations of constant comparison, more of Jesus, less of me. When you feel inadequate to be around the people group that you're in, or you don't feel like you're succeeding in your family, or you don't feel like succeeding in your business, or you don't feel like you're succeeding in your job, more of Jesus, less of me. When you feel like, oh, I've had some success now, and I start to feel confident, we start to pat ourselves on the back, and we forget who gave us the success. Success, More of Jesus, less of me. When you find yourself in constant comparison or maybe thinking, well, I'm, I'm not that great, but at least I'm better than this person, get that stuff out of your head. More of Jesus, less of me. More of Jesus, less of me. Let me pray for you all day, and we're going to get out of here.
God, I thank you so much for this day. God, help us to remember who's number one. God, help us to not be like James and, and John and be insecure about where we stand or where we are on the list or if we're top 10 or we're top 100, whatever it is, God. We know that you love us and we know that you are number one. And we know that you want to do amazing things today. So God, bless us as we head into our week. Thank you so much for the people in this room, what they mean to me and my family and to the community around them. In Jesus' name, amen.